Welcome to Equipped and Established, a podcast of Valley Bible Church where we seek to equip people with the Word of God to be established in the truth. This is episode one of the Equipped and Established podcast. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is part of our Q&A series where we answer questions submitted by our listeners. This week, we're going to be looking at the topic of prayer. And the first question uh, that we're going to be looking at is, uh, why should we pray if God already knows our hearts? And this is such a good question uh, because when you have a high view of God and you understand his sovereignty, his control of all things, that he's going to work things according to his purpose, um, as well as his omniscience, that he knows everything, I think this can be a logical question that we might have that we wonder if God already knows all these things, why pray? Why spend the time to pray? If he already knows it, if his will is going to be accomplished, why pray? And so we're going to look at answering that today. And uh, we're going to point out just four primary reasons of why believers should pray. And hopefully by the end of this, you'll be encouraged, you'll be built up through uh, this understanding of prayer, and even hopefully be more encouraged to be in prayer as we understand the great privilege that it is to uh, be able to pray to our God. And so um, that is the goal for this episode. And so, again, starting out, uh, I think you even have this tension. uh, It comes to my mind in Matthew chapter 6, where in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking about the topic of prayer. And as he's introducing this, he kind of starts out by showing how we should not pray, followed by then how we should pray. And first, he kind of, one of the ways he tells us not to pray is, he says, like, the Gentiles who uh, kind of heap up empty phrases and they just think that they're going to be heard by God because of their many words. But he says that's not the case. And he explains in verse 8 of chapter 6, saying, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And so, you again, you have that tension of God knows what we need before we ask him. But then Jesus goes on to then say in verses 9 through 13 to give the Lord's Prayer, where he says, pray then like this. And then he gives an example. And so right away you see that even though Jesus recognizes this reality that God knows what we need before we ask him, that doesn't become a detriment to prayer. That doesn't keep us from prayer, but rather he continues on to say, we should then pray. Okay. So then, so then let's break this down then. Let's look at some reasons why we should pray as believers if God knows our hearts. And so kind of right off the bat, first thing we can say is we are commanded. Okay. That's a very foundational, very simple uh, response here is that we are commanded in scripture to pray. For example, you think of First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. That's a very simple one. And just um, we can think of others, but that's just right there, right? We have this command to pray. And so um, at the foundational level, we should pray because God commands us to, that we are, that he desires us to. So we should, even if we can't fully wrap our mind around that, but we can go further, right? And that's, that'd be kind of a very boring episode if that's where all it was, was commanded. Good luck. See you later. Uh, no, we're going to dive in some other reasons that of why this is the case. So we are commanded, yes, but let's go further into explaining the why. Why do we pray? And so the second reason I would kind of bring up here is that prayer draws us into relationship with God. Prayer draws us into relation with God. And let me explain that. That 
even though God is self-sufficient, right? He doesn't need necessarily need us. He is still passionate about a relationship with us. Okay. It's not God is super needy and he needs us in that way, but he desires to have a relationship with us. And God has devised prayer as a means of drawing us to himself. Okay. Prayer helps us to see how much we need God. And it constantly helps us realize that he is everything we're not. He is self-sufficient. He is sovereign over all creation. And we are just humans who are in need of much help and completely dependent upon him. Okay. Like, and so really that's what prayer can help us understand that when we think of this relationship with him, that it really exposes the reality of we can't do it on our own. We can't live life on our own. We need help. We need God. And so it draws us to him as we pray for him, as we plead with him, as we bring our requests, confess our sins, all these things, we come to him and it builds that relationship, right? It draws us into a relationship with him. And so again, as we reflect on his character and who he is in our prayers, um, when we see him as the glorious, amazing God that he is, and at the same time that we fall short of that standard and we need his help, that again grows that relationship with him. And so even though, and just, so think about this reality, right? That even though God does not necessarily need anything that we bring to him in prayer, he desires us to bring all that we do bring in prayer and even more, right? That pray without ceasing, like we probably don't pray as much as we should. And yet he desires all of that because he desires relationship with us. Okay. And so that, that kind of ties in with another point here of kind of under this aspect of uh, drawing us into relation with him is that we have to understand prayer is more than just bringing a request to God. Okay. Is that part of it? Yeah, for sure. Like God desires us to bring our request to him, but prayer is not just that prayer is not just giving God your wish list and moving on, but rather prayer is also what? An opportunity to bring praise to God, right? If you look at some of the prayers throughout scripture, we see less, uh, the writers and even in the Psalms, right? We're just praising God for who he is, okay? That we reflect on his character and who he is and we, we praise him for that. So there's this element of praise that should be in our prayers. We see this opportunity to give thanks, okay? Give thanks to God for all that he has done in our life. Um, and again, that builds relationship, right? For example, um, if you think of this in normal relationships, like if you do something for someone, uh, and you can, I'm sure you can tell like you, that they're thankful that you did it, but what, when they actually respond back to you and say, Hey, thanks for doing this. What? It kind of builds relationship, right? It means something to you as well. And so, um, so kind of, helps that relationship continue forward and strengthen. And so in the same way, us giving thanks to God is opportunity to build that relationship. And even, so we have praise, we have giving thanks. We also have confessing sin, right? That's part of what we should be doing as uh, believers as well in our prayers. It's not just, again, request, but also confession of sin. That First John talks about that. We are to confess our sins and God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And again, you can think, well, God knows what I did wrong. I know what I did wrong. Okay, what do I have to do? And again, think about a relationship where if maybe your spouse or someone, right, does something against you, like wronged you in some way, and you know they wronged you, right? And I'm sure you can probably know like that they know they did something wrong, but if they never 
bring it up, if they never apologize, if they never uh, ask for forgiveness of that, what? The relationship is strained, right? The relationship isn't kind of as close as it should be. But as you, as they draw near and they confess that and they ask for your forgiveness, what? That relationship strengthens, it grows. And so in the same way with us and God. And so really a foundational part of prayer is drawing us into this relationship with God. Okay. And really that's how we build that relationship. We are, we read the word. Okay. We get spoken to by God. That's through his word. But then we also have prayer where we speak to God as well. And that's that two part of this relationship that is so important, so vital. And so that is one of the other main reasons why we should pray. Okay. Because it draws us into relationship with God. The next point here uh, that we're going to look at, the third reason that I can think of, of why we should pray if God already knows our hearts, is that God has enlisted us as participants in his work, okay? That prayer is an opportunity for us to be a participant in the work that God has prepared, okay, and the work that God is doing. And as we kind of, as we work through this one here, uh, this might kind of hurt your head a little bit as we kind of wrap our minds around uh, some of the truths we're going to talk about here, but hopefully this will all make sense uh, as we work our way through this. But uh, so let's, let's get into this, dive deeper into what do I mean by this? And so we have to understand, like we said before, scripture is clear, God is sovereign and in control of all things. Okay. His will be accomplished. No one can thwart it. It is what it is. But scripture is also clear that our prayers matter, okay? For example, like you can think of James chapter five. Uh, James kind of mentions here, uh, let's just pick up kind of in verse 15, where it says, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up and the Lord will, uh, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And then he goes on to give the example of Elijah. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. And so we see that reality in this uh, chapter here in James that prayer matters. Okay, our prayers are effectual. Uh, they they do something. And so how exactly does that work with God's sovereignty in our prayers? And without getting into the whole realm of uh, God's sovereignty and human free will, free will and all that, and we, we will get to that in a later episode at some point here, uh, we're going to focus in on this. But so this is where we need to recognize the importance of this concept of participation. Okay, notice that I kind of said that prayer is part of this, that God has enlist, enlisted us as participants in his work. So this idea of participation, so that even though God does not need us or our help, he has designed it in such a way that we participate in the accomplishing of his work. Okay, and one of the main ways that we participate in the accomplishing of his work is through prayer. And that's the example we see like in James chapter five is God's designed in such a way that there are certain things that will only be accomplished as people pray. Or we can say that God has made it so that prayer 
is the necessary means for accomplishing certain things he has willed to happen. Now we have to explain some things here. And this is where we might start having your head hurt a little bit more as we try to wrap your uh, mind around this. Hopefully you're already on the same page with me. You're like, that's not too bad. Okay, but let's, let's work through this a little bit more, right? So even though God is sovereign and in complete control of all things, and he does not need any help in accomplishing his will, he, at the same time, has designed it in such a way that certain aspects of his will will only be accomplished as people pray for them to be accomplished. And to help kind of wrap your mind, like think of evangelism, the example of evangelism is kind of the same with that. Does God technically need us to share the gospel in order for people to be saved? No. Like, for example, like couldn't God have chosen a different means to accomplish this? Like he could have shouted from the heavens, right? He could skywrite things in the sky, kind of form the clouds to prepare the gospel message, all that, right? He could have done all those things, but he, that wasn't his will. His will instead was to use people, use people that have come to saving faith to then proclaim the gospel to more people. Okay. That is God's design for us to be a participant in uh, spreading the gospel to people. So then, so even though he doesn't need us in a technical sense, we are the chosen means by which the message of the gospel is going to be brought to people. So kind of back to prayer in the same way, even though God does not technically need our prayers to accomplish his will, he has designed it in such a way that prayer is the means by which certain aspects of his will will be accomplished. And let's now let me throw one last curveball here. Hopefully you're still tracking with me. Hopefully you're still engaged with this. But let me throw one last curveball. Because now you may be thinking, well, if I fail to pray for something, am I then messing up God's will because of if if that was one of those things that I need to pray for and I failed to do that, did I just kind of mess up God's will? And this is where we come back to God's sovereignty. Because in his sovereignty, God will accomplish his will regardless. He has determined that you will pray for certain things that will need your prayers to be accomplished. Okay, so if God's will is for certain things to happen and his means of having that happen is through your prayer, then guess what? You will pray for it. God's sovereignty guarantees that. So it's not this sudden struggle of, oh my gosh, I didn't pray for this. And so now it's probably not going to happen and God won't accomplish it. And no, because what? This is where the beauty of God's sovereignty comes back into play. Where if it's something that's going to be accomplished through your prayers, right? Then what? His sovereignty guarantees it. It's going to happen. You're going to pray for it and he's going to work. It's going to be accomplished. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. And so, but now we have to think, since we are not sovereign creatures ourselves, who know everything or are in control of everything, do we know which part of God's will are determined to be accomplished through our prayers? No. But do we know that some things will be accomplished through our prayers? Yes. And so that should be encouraging us to constantly be in prayer. Okay, so even though God knows our hearts, he has enlisted us as participants in his work. So through our prayers, his will is being accomplished. So that should motivate us to be a part, to partake in that, to be partners in that by being in prayer. Okay. And so that's an amazing fact that God doesn't technically need us, but he still involves us in the accomplishing of his work. 
So again, amazing truth. Hopefully that made sense as we track through this. Uh, but yeah, that's another reason why we should still pray. Okay, and so that's three down. Uh, the fourth one here, fourth reason that I can think of, of why we should still pray if God knows our hearts, is that prayer leads to further praise. Prayer leads to further praise. And again, this is a little more simple in concept, okay, especially after the last one. This is simple. Um, is, as I mentioned before, even though prayer is more than bringing requests to God, it still involves that. And so as we bring our request to God, we are more aware of the many ways that God works in our lives. So think about it, like if you've never prayed for anything and God just kind of did his work and you weren't really thinking about it, you probably wouldn't notice much of the work God was doing in your life and then would therefore not offer much praise. But when you pray, what? It makes you aware of the various many ways God is at work. And, and I'm sure we can all testify to this, where there are times where we pray about something and then we see God work. We see him answer that and we see and we think, oh man, I just prayed about that and this happened. And we what? We turn and praise God and we think, oh, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord that this happened. And But if we weren't praying, then what? We probably would miss a lot of those opportunities. Yeah, we could think like, yeah, God's still at work in some way, but we wouldn't be acknowledging probably as many times as we should of and seeing as many opportunities of God at work in our life. And so really, it's also a vehicle for further praise, okay? As we see God answer our prayers, see his faithfulness on display, what leads to further praise, okay? So to kind of summarize, wrap up these reasons, and I'm sure you could think of others. I'm sure there's others out there that you can think of, but these are some of the kind of main ones I think of why we should still pray if God knows our hearts. One, we're commanded. Two, it draws us into relationship with God. Three, God has enlisted us as participants in his work. And four, it leads to further praise. So hopefully you can see that even though God is sovereign. God is omniscient. He knows all these things. This is not a detriment of prayer, but instead should lead us to more prayer and pursue prayer even more so for these various reasons. And hopefully you can understand the great privilege we have as prayer, as well as just the amazing truth it is that God desires this, that we pray, that we are part of this work. And so that would lead to us being men and women who do desire to be in prayer and really devote ourselves to prayer in our lives. So thanks again for tuning into our first episode here, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.